You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Everybody, hey, yeah, baby, are you fucking ready? Good day, Mother Tuckers. Appreciate you joining me again. Welcome to the Get Tuck Podcast. I am Tuck. And how we feeling, people? I feel pretty good today. Went and lifted some shit. It was back day. I feel like it's getting better. I'm trying, you know, when you're doing those pull-ups. All the way down, all the way up. Um, it feels good to be in the holiday spirit. I got to get one more thing, but overall, I think I crushed Christmas pretty solidly. Uh, fun little tip. This year, in my notes section on my phone, I had a Christmas section, and every time someone would mention something that they wanted, I wrote it down. And you should try it, because it fucking worked and made my Christmas much easier. Today... On the show, we have Braden Morgan of If I Die First. I am a massive fan of this band. You will certainly be able to tell that from the interview. Plus, I drank a little, so I got kind of loose. Fun thing that I have noticed by listening to my own show is I have a terrible habit of saying, you know. I am going to do my fucking best to not say that so much in the interviews in the future. That is one of my goals for the new year. To everyone who listens to this show, my apologies. It's got to get fucking annoying. When I was a kid, my dad used to always correct me not to say like, and I think I've just replaced like with you know. So it sounds stupid. And I'm sorry, because not everything is you know. I'm going to get that done, working on it for you guys, because I care, really. Um, But today... Really, the focus is on Brayden and everything that he has been able to accomplish. I mean, the dude's done some wild shit. He's an incredible producer and has made some massive hits with Lil Peep. Um, he has some solo producer work that you can check out. It features a bunch of different singers. It's on Spotify and Apple Music under the name Nedarb. And I really fell in love with that as I was listening to it. But today's primary focus is talking about his production, songwriting, and guitar work in the band If I Die First. They're a super interesting uh, interesting band because they have a bunch of different, um, I guess, kind of, you know, new stars in the up-and-coming scene in their band. It is the front men are Lil Lotus and Lil Zubin, who you may know more so as SoundCloud rappers or uh, just hip-hop artists in the grand scheme. And now they also have Travis and Derek from From First to Last. From From. From From First to Last. Um, which was a 
one of my favorite bands for sure. I absolutely love them. And it's cool to see that they were making some songs with Sonny again. I know they released one like two years ago or whatever. But uh, overall, it's an insane super group putting out my favorite type of music, which is Screamo. Real ass, post-hardcore, early 2000s fucking Screamo. It's great, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Sorry I fangirl a little bit. Here we go, my episode with Braden Morgan of If I Die First. The Riff Lord. What's Hello. good? Dude, what thank up? you for joining me today on the Get Tucked podcast. How the fuck are you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm great. It's a nice, uh, warm, cloudy day in Los Angeles, and I'm stoked to be here. Beautiful. Thanks, man. Um, dude, you are a, a bit of a mystery to me, man. I, I'm super stoked, and like, I have a lot to ask you, because honestly, I oh, feel like sick. I discover new things about you every day. Oh, wow. Um, Sick. Well, I didn't, I, you know, I've been deep diving into what I'm guessing is just like your producer stuff, like the stuff yeah. that's Netarb, or yeah, how do I pronounce yeah. that? Okay. Yeah, you did. You actually pronounced it exactly correct, which is crazy. Sweet. I'm, I try. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I'm, I'm not Nardwar, but I'll get there someday. Um, Sick. But, dude, there's some fucking straight heaters here. And you have quite the following as a producer already, where I was like, damn, that's quite a bit of monthly <laughs> listeners. Like, holy shit. Yeah, right. thanks, man. I've been at it for a while. It's awesome. Um, what got you, like, have you been doing beats? Like, is that, like, your main jive? Have you been doing beats for a long um, time? Or do you find yourself more from the scene world? Because obviously you are. Um, kind, of, kind of a little both, like, um, this is like if I die first is like my first like real band that I've been in since like I've been an adult. Like growing up, I was in like screamo and emo bands in high school that were like shit, you know, and just like never Naturally. took off or anything. Yeah, and then like when I when I went to college, I got more into like the hip hop world and shit. And like um, I had a friend uh, after I uh, dropped out of college. Like, where did you really go to school? I went to. Um, uh, the first school I went to was called St. Norbert and it's in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And, uh, Fuck it's yeah. like a, it's like a, a small, it was not, it was not lit. <laughs> like it was, uh, it was like a small Catholic liberal arts school. And I only went there cause my dad was the women's hockey coach of this school. That's pretty so, fucking cool. So yeah, that was cool. There's um, women's yeah. hockey. Yeah. Wow. Hell yeah. I didn't know that because there's not like an NHL for women, right? No, not necessarily, but there's like national teams and shit oh, like that. Okay. And they like go on to play the Olympics. But Everyone's going to be like. After, uh, <laughs> right, exactly. Like, Tuck, you're such a misogynistic dick. You didn't know there's women's fucking hockey. Right? How did you not know? Dude, um, want to know why? Because when I was a fucking kid, all the kids in my on my street played hockey. Like that was their from? fucking sport. Upstate New York. So I grew up in the Hudson Valley. Like I guess if, you know you did. I don't know how much touring you did. I lived in uh, I lived in Lake Placid for a year or two. Oh, okay. We're like in between Poughkeepsie and Albany. Um, I grew okay, up in yeah. a small little town, Red Hook. Um, the only thing we really got is this arts college bard that's there. Um, yeah. 
But I yeah, all, all my neighbors fucking played hockey and were really good at it. And then I was a little fucking shrimp, and they'd just make me be the goalie and pelt me right. with fucking pucks all the time. So I did not like hockey. I did not right. fuck with it. I, I, did not I grew up it. playing hockey. I thought I was going to be in like the NHL because I'm Canadian, so it's like in my blood. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Did you live in Canada as a kid at all? Yeah. Yeah, oh. I'm, I was a I was a Canadian citizen up until like a year and a half ago. No um, I yeah, I grew up in um, Alberta. I was born in Edmonton, and then like when I was two, we moved to a city called um, Medicine Hat, which is like two or three hours from Calgary uh, in Alberta. And then when I was in fifth grade, my dad we we all moved to the states to Lake Placid, lived there for fifth grade, and then I grew up in New Hampshire from sixth grade till twelfth, and then after that, Wisconsin for four years, and then Los Angeles. <laughs> That's for crazy. Eight. You've been yeah. all over the fucking place. <laughs> yeah, Maybe that's definitely. why your music's so good. You got a lot of influence Thanks, man. from different D- spots. Yeah, that's true. Probably. This To The Moon song is a fucking straight hit. It's yeah. Shout out, um, shout out my boy Brennan Savage. He, he's really good. Yeah, the voice is phenomenal. Do you ever... Now, I see you, you sing a bit in If I Die First. I think the first song that we've gotten a taste of that is this Rita, latest single that you put out. Um because at least from the music video standpoint, looks like you're singing. And yeah, that, um, it yeah, sounds different, so I would assume so. No, that was actually, that's um, the third song from the EP we put out that has um, Where's Needles on it. So that song's been out since like June, but we just dropped the video. And it's cool because like okay. a lot of new people are coming in. Like it, it seems like a, a new song almost be, because there's a visual and because our lineup is different on this um, video than the last one. Yeah, what's up with that? I saw that you guys had like the drummer from like Ghost Main or something in the first video or the bass player or some yeah, shit. Yeah, we had um we had the um uh so the drummer Kale, he's also in like Twitching Tongues and Misery and shit and like uh, some other shit and then uh my boy Nail or ugh, Nolan who goes by Rake, he was playing bass and he was also in this band um Souvenirs and they were going to be Oh, our, that band was sick. Yeah, they're, they're sick. sick. I don't know if they're still active. I, I don't think they're active, but um so they were like they were our original um plan for drummer and bassist, but like the if I die first stuff kind of started taking off a little quicker than we thought. So um I I knew that schedules were gonna conflict because they're always busy with ghost man and shit. Yeah. And that th- those are all the boys and shit. But uh I just ba- I basically had to make the decision like all right we got to figure out like a lineup so we don't have to like fucking find replacements or like fill-ins like every time we're on conflicting tours. It's fucking sick. If Zubin oh. ever doesn't want to play bass. Call oh me. dude, I will call you. You'll be the, you'll be the first one. Yo, honestly, your band is everything I've ever wanted in a band. Um oh, fuck I yeah. am if like I know you said you listened to uh, when we were first talking before we started recording and shit that you listened to the Ryan Neff episode today and yeah uh, yeah I loved Miss May I like in high school and shit and I was actually just listening to like the record today that they put out like maybe three or four years ago and that yeah. shit was hard too but yeah yeah I love those guys I've gotten to tour with them a lot over the years and Ryan's a really good friend of mine um, fuck yeah but I talk about screamo all the time on this show yeah like, that's like my shit. Straight up, dude. I was Thursday track jacket twenty four seven. I have I have a Thursday tattoo. No way. 
Yeah, it was That's like awesome. my third tattoo on my arm. <laughs> That's brilliant. See, I just tried to rip them off with my side projects artwork where we we have an album called Swan Dive, so it's got this silk swan. Oh, yeah. And then I'm like, yeah. yeah, this is basically the dove, but it's not. Exactly, exactly. But most most young kids, they just don't understand. Um, they don't. But yeah, Screamo really is my favorite. So when I heard your band, I freaked out in a way where it's like, man, if I could buy stock in this right now, I would. Because... <laughs> I've been talking about, I think everyone, maybe not everyone, but a lot of people like to try to always be ahead of the curve, predict what's next, what's right. the hot thing, right? And I right. I made a joke a while back where I was like, y'all brought emo so hard that you fucking destroyed the planet, and I guarantee you the next thing to come is Screamo. And then I hear Static Dress, and I hear if I die Yeah, first. Static Dress, shout out them, they're the homies. Oh, that band is fucking phenomenal. And the first band that really made me feel like it was going to come back was CU Space, which I know you guys always f also fuck with. And yep. um, I was like, okay, this is like when I heard Seisha and the Locust for the first right. time. But yep. like, they also know what Norma Jean is. Okay. Right. This is sick. Right. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I, if I had money, if I wasn't fucking poor right now because I didn't work at all this year, I would totally buy stock in your band if that was a thing. Um, <laughs> you, man, I really appreciate that. Dude, no doubt. It's, you guys are legitimately one of my favorite bands right now. And, um, yeah, it was, it was interesting to see the lineup change, but also on drums now, isn't that the drummer from, from First to Last? Yeah, well? De Derek, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, so, like, the, ooh, first e the first EP was actually, like, it's programmed drums on that EP. Um, Travis is just hella fucking good at it. Like, he he did all the drums, but the, the next right. one, like, the demos I sent you, those are fake drums, but we actually finally found a studio to go record real drums, but we were, we're all doing it out of pocket, like, no budget. All the songs are just made in my room. So. Well, I think it's smart because your band is going to take off and is taking off so fast where, like, you don't really need to sign a record deal. No, yeah, definitely not. There's some people who have been hitting us up, though, but we're, we want to stay indie as possible until, like, you know, the, the right shit happens. Yeah, if anything, just do, like, a licensing deal or some yeah, shit. Yeah, distribution. Yeah, exactly, man. I mean, it's just you guys all have such a following as individuals that the band has taken off a lot of steam where... It's not like you're going to jump right into the tour world and have to like right. take $100 a night, you know what I right, mean? Right, exactly. Um, you're going to skip some steps, which, you know, for the people listening, they're like, well, how can I do that? Yeah, have a bunch of people with big internet followings and individual <laughs> Spotify artists yeah. that all have over 100,000 monthly listeners and then fucking talk to me. Yeah, um, we, I mean, we, definitely, <laughs> we definitely had to put in like our solo work like before anything. So, well, but, you yeah. know, it all feeds into each other where I'm, you know, there are going to be people like myself who listened to Little Lotus because he got into If I Die First. I mean, I knew about Lotus right. first, but I didn't listen to it as much. Where then I was like, all right, I'm going to backtrack or yeah. if here, If I Die First and go listen to Zubin or some shit. Right. It's um, cool. Like we could literally tour with just us and just have like, the solo acts open. <laughs> oh, it would be wild. Make would, all the money. <laughs> all of the money. It's genius level shit. And I, <laughs> I'm glad to hear that you guys actually, you know, recognize it to some extent. Like, yeah, def definitely. I feel very happy and blessed about it all. Like, I'm just stoked people fuck with it. Dude, Lotus has been so kind to work with with Featured X and stuff. And he's been, um, you know, fun fact, I'll put this out there because I've never said this before. Um, but Lotus was the first person to get a request. Oh, wow. That's yeah. awesome. And 
he has just been so nice and it seems like he works so hard where then you see a band like you guys were in a period that has pretty much been shit for a majority of people. You've taken a band that didn't exist and made it very yeah. relevant where the draw is going to be there. The need to have you on tour will be there and people want it. Now, will you guys actually hit the road yeah. at all? You think dude, a hundred percent. We're actually talking to some booking agencies right now, trying to figure out who's the best fit and everything. Like we're going to start doing the whole, like, you know, um, live stream performance bullshit, which I'm not cool. really necessarily like, I wouldn't necessarily tune in too much to those, but yeah. like, I know a lot of fans, like want that shit and that's all we can provide right now but yeah we're we're gonna hit the road like full fledged as soon as as soon as we're able to that's tight we did the live thing but we like pre-recorded it and had it edited and right yeah same shit I'm, 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 we're gonna yeah. do some shit like that because like travis um our other guitarist travis richter who's in from first class he owns a venue here called 1720 so we have access to like oh. this venue space and like that's where we practice and shit. There's a practice space. So I feel really fucking lucky, honestly. Do you guys fucking nerd out on him like a lot? I mean, like dude, I, I did a I did a fucking PowerPoint presentation on from first class as a freshman in high school. Like no it was way. definitely but I've just know I've known him in LA for a bit because through the venue, him booking like me and my friends and shit and just meeting him a bunch, but yeah, sometimes I'm like, damn, I'm really in a band with like two members of literally my favorite band growing up. Like, this is gnarly. Yeah, that's kind of insane. I don't know how I would handle that. Um, you know, if I was like in a band with Anthony Green or some shit, it'd be right. crazy. Or like Dustin Kensrue calls me and is like, hey, you want to come play bass for Thrice? No. Right, <laughs> right. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, that's fucking awesome, man. Um, and it's definitely all that stuff and that excitement. I think it's, it's, it's an interesting thing because I was thinking about this earlier where it's you guys have a whole generation and people that are interested in your band that really didn't fucking know what from first to last was. Yeah, so to them, definitely. there's no like, man, who are the, whoa, oh my God, that's Travis, that's crazy. They just right. love this band because they think it's fucking cool. And right. that's got to be really invigorating for them as well because it's almost like... Uh, just a completely fresh start to some extent, yeah, except for the people that are your, you know, our age. I'm 31 years old, so like that's Word. my I'm fucking 27. band. You know what I mean? Like I, that's the shit I was into when I was in high school for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm, it would be interesting to see what their, you know, take. On we're it kind is, of a but. we're kind of an old band, honestly. Like the youngest member is Lotus, and he's like 26, 25. I'm 27. Zubin's 31. I think he actually just turned 32. Zubin might be older than you. Zubin, it was no Zubin's shit. birthday he like a week ago. Fuck. Yeah, he looks like he's fucking 15. Like, but nah, he's, he's a little he bit He looks older. like he has mad feelings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, 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 has some, he has some feelings. We all got yeah. our feelings. His voice is fucking phenomenal, man. Yeah, it's he's so... Ugh. He's our secret weapon for sure. Well, you know, I one thing that I've brought up on the show a lot when it comes to, in my opinion, when it comes to a singer being successful is not always, and it's, it sounds weird at first, but it's not always necessarily them being the best singer on the planet. But singers that 100% are recognizable. So like Rihanna, Adam Levine, fucking people were within a second, you're like, pop, I knew that. And yeah, for us, exactly. Coed and Cambria, Thursday, yeah. Thrice, AFI whatever yeah just and a super unique voices yeah i mean they they both have it but zubin's singing voice in this style of music is just something it's that, insane it's like 
I, yeah, it's, yeah, it blows my mind, dude. Because a it's lot of just people compare him. A lot of people compare him, like at least with the solo stuff, to like the weekend and shit. Yeah, which I, which is like I understand, like the falsetto. So then throwing like a lot of that shit onto the band shit, it, it is pretty sick. It's wild sure. stuff, man. And people definitely like it. I mean, we have as a band, we have one song, or I guess two songs, where I do some really soft style singing and stuff nice. like that. And that those are two of our most popular songs. Like I think people definitely like that mix. But he's just got. You know, as a songwriter, it's got to be cool having so. It's almost like you guys have a songwriting camp just within your band, we, where people yeah. would pay good money just to be around you people. <laughs> it's pretty fun. Like, it's basically like Zubin and Lotus. They they just bounce off of each other like right then and there, and like literally the the day we start a song, it'll usually get finished. It's crazy. They just like they have such good chemistry together as vocalists. So it, it definitely is some camp camp vibes for sure. Yeah, it's really neat, man. It's I'm a bit jealous to be honest. But do you guys work with any other producers, or is it just all it's y'all? Just, uh, it's just us. Man, that's sick. So yeah. out of the songs that you sent me, which for everyone listening, I got to listen to five "If I Die First songs that you didn't get. To five out of the six ones, bitch. Yeah. Um, so I'm stoked. There, Lotus had showed me one other song that I didn't hear that you sent to me, and it had to do with some holiday shit, and I was like, that was dope. Oh um, fuck! But I think the fourth and fifth track were my favorites. Nice. Those. But nice. I'm gonna. I need to go spend some more time with it. It's just very eclectic. But you do a lot of my favorite things. Where I love that you do like the power pop chords, like the right. you know Paramore style shit. Yeah. Um, were you into that band and of like yeah Paramore? Yeah. Yeah, I love Paramore. All we know is falling. That's like that was one of my favorite albums. Like when i was a kid for sure their that first record's so good yeah i guess for me it shows in the guitar style a bit yeah it's like okay a lot of the chords are very similar for sure when you're writing your beats do you start like do it does a lot of it come from your guitar knowledge and being in that world or do you also play Um, piano and shit i i like can riff on piano like i i play like a, a lot of my beats are like they're like half samples, half original or a mix. Um, but yeah, I think so. I, I just like, I just start with the guitar or piano or sample or whatever the fuck and then do drums after. But I think me knowing that type of shit, like band shit helped a lot with beats. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it's like, there. I like how in some of the songs, I forget what, uh, I'm going to look this up real quick so that way I don't look fucking stupid. Um, no, hidden good. in plain sight I think it was is like I felt yeah. like it was a really simple beat like just all, like pretty synth heavy and the vocals really like carried through it and I think it's really nice when you hear stuff that's just not so overdone and is just placed and ready for a really proper melody dude that and- hidden in plain sight beat is kind of crazy because I fucking um, in Ableton there's this thing you can I don't know if you use Ableton I don't but, but I'll pretend this- like I do <laughs> there's this shit you can do. I'm sure you can do it in other DAWs where you can like convert the audio. Like you can take the harmony out of the audio and put it in MIDI. So that, that hidden in plain sight beat was actually, it, it started as an armor for sleep, like g- clean guitar riff. I forget what song. And then I converted it to MIDI and just put the, the notes as like a synth <laughs> and then just so like tuned them different and shit. Yeah. Well, that's cool to hear. You know, you, 
I guess in this time when the quote unquote like SoundCloud rap stuff is so influenced by emo, I've always been curious if because I'm really I'm pretty absent to like the hip hop community. I don't really know too much about it or like mm-hmm. keep up very well. I think mm-hmm. keeping up with scene stuff is enough to keep my brain busy as it is, right. especially with the fact that they cancel someone every fucking day. But yeah. Um, which I'm not saying that that's not wrong, you stupid fucks that just listen and go, well, is there something wrong with canceling people? No, there's thing, it's fine to cancel people. Just make sure that it's worthwhile. Um, right. But uh, <laughs> it's so stupid always having to like back check shit like that with yourself. Right. Like you're talking to some fucking fictitious character out there in the world. Um, but it is cool to actually see that people are using emo songs in these samples and beats and having yeah. to be influenced. Um, Definitely. And as long as you don't use a yellow card one, you'll be fine. Um, yeah, I honestly, <laughs> don't, I don't even sample like that much anymore. And to be honest, like I'm my main focus is like the band at this point for sure. It's like a lot of our like main focuses for real. Like no shit. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I guess it would just be difficult because you're also successful individually. Um, in my eyes, where it's, you know, got to be a lot to manage that in and of itself. Uh, a little bit it's just like i'm i was getting bored with with beats and like doing the same thing and i mean i was like one of little peeps main producers and then like he passed away so i didn't like and then that's a lot of people stole that sound like after he passed away at least in the rap world and like emo rap became like this huge thing like after like us who like really made that shit a thing you guys really were the people that made that. yeah we were like the pioneers of it like i'm not even gonna lie so like I uh, I got kind of bored with it, and then uh, I work with other rappers and artists too. But I mean, at this, I think we started if I die first, like right at the start of quarantine, like in March or something. And like, fucking, I was I was just like writing guitar a lot, and I was just like, I'm gonna just turn this into a band. This is gonna be my quarantine project. And then like, boom! Man, like, I mean, <laughs> within these eight months, you've done genius level shit, man, and it's absolutely <laughs> popped. I mean, you surrounded yourself with the right people, super fucking talented people. But um, it really is, you know. I had heard that and and knew that you had a, a relationship um, with Pete, but I didn't realize like realize the magnitude of that word. It is really like you guys started that shit. Yeah, because it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, that's got to be pretty fucking cool, man. I mean, I'm sure for yourself, you're like, you know, that's a nice accomplishment, all, you know, all things considered, which, you know, God bless you in your heart, man. I'm sure that that's yeah. a very difficult thing. So I don't want to go oh, down that hole with good. you, my man. Um, oh, I appreciate it. I go down it <laughs> almost every fucking day. So. Well, I'm sure most but. people, that's what they want to fucking bug you about. And um, Yeah, they they can go listen to other interviews, though. There's been a million on Yeah, <laughs> I think that that's more important because, you know, I really want to keep... You have so much going on that I, I have enough to ask you as it is, but I will say, um, you know, that's a really amazing accomplishment right. for your life, and I think that it, the dude fucking bangs. My friend Drew Folk... Um, who produces my records, I know, got to work on tracking them. And uh thought it was fucking awesome. So there we go on that. But, dude, right. you're a busy motherfucker. I, I've i been pretty busy during um, this quarantine thing with, like, starting Feature Decks as, like, a business and now um, doing this podcast this whole time with having, like, two bands. It's a lot to keep up with. Right. So for you, have you had to kind of, like, section off your brain a little bit where this quarantine period you say you pretty much have just been concentrating on if i die first um yeah i mean like so 
my work schedule and my leisure time is for four days out of the week because like for for three days I'll, I'll watch my kid and then like he, he gets taken to his mom's or whatever so within cool. the four days of each week i'm deciding like okay am i gonna chill the fuck out which i can never do i don't know how to relax i <laughs> i only know it how to like, like work yeah. i only know how to like work or like if i'm hanging out with people i'll be like cool this is fun but we have to make a song or else i just feel like i'm wasting time so i don't know i just like um i just i just like to keep myself busy like uh each day i'll make myself like a fucking to-do list when i wake up in the morning like okay let me finish one song let me get a beat out like let me fucking you know figure out some merch shit whatever the fuck but do you design the merch for the band as well? Uh, no, I don't. I, that's the one thing I wish I knew how to do graphic design. But the merch is um, <clears throat> a mix of different people. Like um, Connie, so throwback. Yeah, Connie. She did. Um, she did one shirt. Uh, my homie Yans, who's uh, in Goth Boy Click, which was like Peeps group. Mm-hmm. He did our logo and shit. And then like some other people who Travis knew did like the other shit. Dude, it's just one of those things where when you saw it, it was like. It reminded me a lot of an one of them reminds me a lot of an old every time I die shirt. Yeah, people like, have said that for sure. I I know like I mean obviously we have a, I die in both. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's just what I want anyway, so I don't give a shit. Um, yeah, exactly. They'll they'll start doing shirts with like the print just on the side. Yep. You know, yep, we got the bottom corner. Yeah, awesome. dude, it's fucking awesome. I love that shit. Um so yeah, Connie does some pretty amazing work. Um, I've kept up with some of her stuff recently and I just didn't realize how much she did. Um, yeah, that's like our sister band pretty much. Like those are like our closest friends in the band world. That's awesome. Well, I hope to see, I'm sure you've discussed coming out together when the, um, touring world is allowed to play. All right, everyone out there, I know something you don't know, so go fuck yourself. (laughs) Um, you know, I, you know, that's really one of the nice things about having your own, um, talk show that people you, know, <laughs> you get the tea i get to know about stuff or people send me songs that other people haven't heard and it makes <laughs> me happy except for the fact that then you have to like keep that to yourself which, yeah but it's nice to just i like to gloat i like to tell people i have things and not get yeah you're the cool guy with the rare shit yeah dude that's fucking right i'm the cool guy <laughs> um no i like to make shit up I like to pretend that I'm I'm part of the fake news media. Um, right. You know, I can just say anything I want. Like, If I Die First is going on a tour with Every Time I Die, and then the <laughs> opening band is going to... Is there any more die bands? Can we think uh, of one? Uh, shit. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Not that I can think of. All right. That was it. That was our fake shit for today. <laughs> um when did the first single come out for My Poison Arms? Because that, that's um, essentially what you guys started with, I'd say. And I yeah. think it was when, Where Needles and Lovers Collide. Yep, that's it. That was the single. It dropped like a week before the, the album came out, or the EP came out, um, in like early June. Okay, sick. When you guys, you know, had obviously, you did a really good job at creating this, prepping it, getting ready to put it out, and not having it leak and not having people know. Because I right. think... I was pretty caught off guard by it, but essentially, were you guys pretty happy with the reaction? Were you guys oh, nervous yeah. at all? Were you, you know, what we, was the thought going into it? Yeah, we were fucking stoked. I mean, we we um, put a lot of thought and uh, you know effort into how the rollout was going to be as like an independent. 
band, like a brand new band, like, and it's kind of nerve wracking just throwing yourself in the band world, like, because a lot of people like, <coughs> like, oh, these SoundCloud rappers, like, they're in a band, but then they'll hear it and they're like, oh, this shit's kind of sick. <laughs> like, so yeah. I was, like, was kind of nervous throwing myself into that, but like, I'm, we're all, we're all from bands. Like, we were all in bands. You can look up like Lotus's old metalcore bands. I was in bands, fucking. Zubin was in band, so it's really nothing like new, really. But um, yeah, we we were stoked about like it. It caught on pretty quick, it seems like. So we're just gonna keep the ball rolling. I would say, you know, like like we mentioned before, Static Dress as well. Between in this quarantine period, your two bands have been the two to begin and take off. They're they're and, so they're so smart with how they're doing shit. Like their visuals, they just do singles at a time with like. Ollie, their singer, he does all the visuals. Like, I want a video from him so bad. Um, yeah, dude, that's what I've heard. I've heard he's quite the genius. Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess, it, like, Luca, my friend Lucas, I was on the show, he sings in this band, Holding Absence, also a very sick band that reminds me of the good old days. But um, I guess he, uh, Ollie, toured with Loathe or some shit for a while. But um, this isn't about Static Dress. Fuck that fucking band. Fucking hate that <laughs> band. Piece of shit. Garbage screamo band. Um, no, they're they're the other band I would invest. They're um, the best. I can't wait I to could. tour with them. Yeah, you. That's. I'm very interested to see what tour they are on for their first U.S. tour because it's going to be a fucking bidding we, war. We have like I know right, but we have like us in uh, like Sea Space Cowboy and and Static Dress. We all talk to each other all the time, and we're like, dude, our first tour has to be like us. Space Cowboys, Static Dress, Wrist Meat Razor. Like, it has to be that. <laughs> oh, that's what's up. Yeah, I, I talked to Justin on the show a while Yeah, back. I listened to that one. That one was sick. I've Dude. never talked to Justin. I've talked to the other guys, though. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I, he was a um, a new guy for me as well. Um, but that was really fun. He was super cool. And, you know, it's just nice talking to someone that's around my age that actually listened to the shit that I listened to and can deep dive the screamo world. Um because right. it is, you know, for the people that are into that, I, you know, I guess it's so interesting because they're not really into it yet. They don't even know what's about to happen. Right. It's going to it's it's like a whole thing. <laughs> it's a, it's going to happen so hard. And I said it for the longest time where I was like, next bands that come out that sound like Chiodos and Drop Dead Gorgeous are going to be the biggest bands on the planet. I fucking guarantee it. I fucking guarantee it. And everyone said, no, you're stupid. That's not going to happen. Blah, 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 blah. Fuck yeah. you. I was so fucking right because I'm a fucking genius. I'm Kanye-level exactly. genius. I love Drop Dead Gorgeous, man. That's one of my favorite bands. Same. I'm actually wearing a Drop Dead Gorgeous shirt right now. <laughs> That's sick. For everyone listening, you can go to FeatureDex.com and get a feature from Danny Stillman from Drop Dead Gorgeous. There you go. Um, is that but, your con- is that is that the the idea of your new company? Yeah, we we do guest features. We have Lotus and a bunch of other people on it. Where we oh, have guitar that, players, okay. we have drummers, bassists. That's what and, that is. Okay, I um, see. That's genius. Thank you. Yeah, it's been really nice. Where you know my thought into it originally, you know, my buddy, we were working on this band's EP, and we were getting some features for that. And he was like, "Dude, what if we put together a website where you could just." you know, get all these people without having to deal with managers and labels and shit. And I was like, yeah, yeah it's probably the best idea you've ever had. So I called a couple friends and was like, yo, if I make this thing, like, will you do it? Right. And they were like, yeah, okay. And, you know, it's spitballed. And it's been really fun. I mean, we've gotten to work with everyone from Lotus to Kellen Quinn to CJ from Nyard is Murder and really, That's really cool. fun all over the place stuff. We've got cool drummers now. We've got 
guitar players, anything that you could need to add to your song like that. And it's going to continue to expand to we're going to get producers involved and that's awesome, you know, continue to grow it. But it's been a really nice um, venture during this time period because, especially, a lot of these guys that can't go out and tour, they can sing on a song or two a month and they'll right. pay all their bills. And that's what they should be doing because they are valued entertainers and they're valued singers and songwriters or guitar players or drummers or whatever the fuck, and they deserve it. So, right. you know, we're we're trying. It's that's been awesome, fun. Man. Yeah, it's it's been like really, you know, just a gloat on myself. It's been just rewarding to like have friends be like, "Dude, I fucking paid my bills this month. That's tight." Right. Exactly. And I'm like, awesome. That's fucking super cool because you know, making a startup is difficult in and of itself, and takes time for it to grow and there's other people that are doing you know starting to do or attempt to do similar things but the community has been really um kind and loyal to us i mean we already have over 400 artists and that's awesome that's um, sick thanks man it's it's been fucking cool so thank you to lotus for helping and jumping yeah, out shout out lotus well. um yeah um it's I, you guys need to have like a like every cool like old school feature like have Burt McCracken on a song. Have we have fun. we have some shit uh, lined up. <laughs> oh, we got some do. shit lined up. Yeah, you guys are such a phenomenon, man. I mean, it, it's almost uncomparable to any other band that I've witnessed in the time that I've been trying to be an artist, and that includes like you know fifteen years back. And in that, you guys have utilized social media better than any other project I've seen in this world. Um, <laughs> That's probably from being in like the hip hop rap world, honestly, because it's so heavy in that shit. Like, 100%. You know, <laughs> but you guys learned it. You figured it out. You yeah. built that following. And then, you know, it was one of those things where you, okay, so you guys have all these other projects. So are you doing this just because it's like, well, we used to love that shit, so we're doing it for fun. But then you hear, right. okay, we are actually going to tour. We're taking this seriously. Yeah. It's something that really means something to us. Mm -hmm. And then that's when it really hits you that it's like, wow, this is some crazy genius level shit. Because of having that crossover from so many different places, plus in that emo rap world, there are a lot of people who just like rap or just like emo stuff, but came into this this melting pot, right? Right. So right. your band has the opportunity to expand farther beyond most other bands in our scene because of that ability to tap into a community that none of us can actually physically touch. Like, my band can't tap into the fucking hip-hop world, but your band <laughs> somehow can fucking tap into the hip-hop world somehow. and have all the scene kids in the world that's pretty fucking Best of genius. both worlds, baby. It's smart. Thanks, so man. I hate you all. I think you fucking <laughs> suck. I hate your band. Well, you're gonna be our. You're gonna be our new bassist. Yeah, I'm gonna so. be the new bassist. I'm coming. I'm quitting. Fucking fit for a king. <laughs> I'm joining if I die we're, first. We're stealing you, man. Yeah. You know what? Well, yeah. Uh, I guess I should. <laughs> that's probably the right move for me to make right now. Honestly. Right. Um, <laughs> No, everyone out there is going to bug. No, they're not because they're like, dude, you're making the right move. I'll, I can smoke <laughs> probably more weed in If I Die First than if I can smoke them for the Kings. Yeah, but none I of do. us smoke weed except for Travis. No shit. You guys are rappers, though. Yeah, no. We, I, don't, I hate weed. Weed makes me hella anxious. Oh, no shit. 
Yeah, uh, I'm high all the time. Same uh, with Zubin and and Lotus and shit. Uh, but Travis, he smokes like all day. <laughs> that's nice. All right, well, I'll just hang out with Travis. All right, well, maybe yeah. then I, I'll smoke just as much weed as I smoke in Fit for the Kings. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because I. Yeah, they don't. Well, it's nice. Once you know, I don't really have to do shit. You can smoke them. around us. I I love when my friends get high as shit. I just can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't like it if I had to get anxious a lot, but. I was, I just talked about this on the podcast that's going to come out before this podcast, so I guess I can mention it again, but I just went on a nice little mental trip, and it relieved all of my anxieties. That's awesome, It's great. Felt awesome. It is time for the Mid-Rome! Today, we have some mosh. It's not super moshy, but there's some breakdowns. I received a lovely DM from a dude named Apollo about his band Sync With Me. He called me a mommy, which was a brilliant way to get my attention. If you don't listen to your mom's house, you're definitely not coming up in May. You got to keep your jeans high and tight, folks, so get with it. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you don't know, but I'm sorry. Um... This kind of gave me some Finch, a day to remember vibes. It was pretty cool. Reminds me of a little bit of the good old days, but also, you know, has some modern touch to it. It's melodic. It's fun. It's got some breakdowns, a little bit of bite. Here we go. Cold by Sync With Me.
I was just in the wood. I just went back to um, I my house in New Hampshire that my parents still own. Like they live in Queens, but they uh, we still have a house. And I I flew back That's there nice. with with Zubin and like a couple other music buddies, and we were just like working on music in the middle of the woods in like my town of like fifteen hundred people maybe. And I was just like, I have this like DMT pen. Oh no that, shit! <laughs> so I was just like ripping DMT on my porch, like in the woods, like just feeling peaceful as fuck and came back like recharged. Dude, you know, that's one, the one I, when I, God, this must be like 10 years ago. Now I had a bowl packed with DMT (laughs) and I, I was going to do it. And then I I had it for like three months and I ended up giving it to a friend. Cause I was like, man, I'm not ready to go there. And I had like done mushrooms and I'd done acid and I was like, yeah, I'm ready to fucking evolve. And then I, you know, I just didn't do it. But now, I the pen is different. Yeah. The pen is less intense than that shit. That sounds fun. I would do yeah, that. I mean, was, I am was, the Joe Rogan of metalcore, so I have to do DMT. Oh, there you go. You got yeah. to. We'll do it. We'll do it together, dude. That <laughs> would be really nice. I'll come out there. You guys can teach me how to write hits, and then we'll exactly. be, be like, "All right, well, you have to have five brains that are all super I'll get, smart." We'll, we'll get you. We'll get you in the in the emo rap world. We'll put some eight oh eights. Well, I have the greatest off. rap name ever. I'm Hustle Crow. Oh yeah, that's you know, it. That is pretty sick. Yeah, you gotta drop the Russell, pick up the hustle, bitch. Exactly, it's great stuff. I'm, you know, I've tr- I have one rap song out. That's a it's a minute long. I have a really? music video for it on YouTube or on on Instagram somewhere. It's terrible. We oh wrote my. it in like thirty minutes. It's pretty great. I have um, to I have to check it out. But I do believe that the hook in it is is a big hook. It would be great. It's a motto. Um, Maybe someday. I want to do it. I, You know, I just don't feel comfortable whenever I try to write it because I feel like an imposter. <laughs> if I'm being honest, like, because I want to, I love that style of music and I like singing that kind of stuff. But whenever I try to write something in that vein, I feel like an imposter where, like, when I write in my bands, it's just honesty you know but i haven't found out how to do that with trying to write hooks for like a hip-hop song yeah my the drummer in my side project man evan is like the greatest piano player and writes really good beats so i've attempted but i failed generally that's amazing zubin zubin is like our piano legend he's he's actually so good at piano it's crazy yeah See, you always end up finding out that a lot of these people in the hip hop world have real training and know what they're doing and are really. Oh yeah, totally. It's crazy shit because you always it's it gets that uh, really like derogatory, um, like vibe from um, I guess like the media or people at large where they think when it comes to hip hop that it's just you know, saying over some fucking thing. They don't understand the actual skill and genius level shit that comes from trying to attempt to make something. Because hip hop molds culture in a way that rock really has trouble to touch. And that's why rock has always had to lean on other things. Like, you know, you could compare even something as simple as the Aerosmith um, run DMC collaboration where, in essence, you know, Aerosmith was massive and Run DMC is massive, but together it's really big. But then when you compare a Linkin Park and JC thing, I guess it's really interesting too, because I wonder who in at that time or in the grand scheme of time is bigger than the other. 
I know Ryan Kirby, the singer of my band right now, would say Linkin Park is bigger than Jay Z. Because I guess they've yeah, sold that's a hard one. records, but yeah. I don't know. I almost tried to make a point, and then I think I proved myself wrong at the same time. <laughs> Linkin Park might be bigger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I'm wrong, guys. I was going to say that I don't think rock can get as big as rap, but at the same time, it does. I guess right now, maybe not as much. Right now, rappers up. are in Supreme. I'm looking it up. Linkin Park yeah. has sold... Yeah, Linkin Park's bigger. They've sold 70 million albums. Oh, that's and not a lot. Jay Z has sold 50 million. Wow. Yeah, 70 mil. That's not that many records. <laughs> you want to know how many records Fit for the Kings has sold? How I many? don't know. Not, not, not <laughs> 70 million. Um, you know, but the thing was, back when Linkin Parks was a band, people would buy those records in, in right. the stores. They don't, you know. That is an interesting thing, but your band also, going back to it, has capitalized on the idea of the digital footprint rather than um, physical sales, because you guys have essentially, I don't, have you even released a physical? No, we're album? making, we're um, working on getting our vinyl together for the for the first EP right now, actually. We're going to put it out um, with Dark Medicine, I think, who does our merch. Oh, okay. Now, they do um, more, wait, Dark Medicine, it's a merch thing, or do they do like, um... More like hip hop collab kind of stuff. No, they do. They do it all. Like, um, there's bands that are on it. It's like a merchandise company, and they also press vinyl and shit. The the homie, um, Adam, who who goes by Wicca Phase, who was in right. Tiger's Jaw, that's his company. Okay, all right. Because I was gonna say that that's why I thought that it was a more um, hip hop hip hop based. No, they got they got bands on there too and shit for sure. So cool. we're Connie. Um, Connie did our album art. Um, and she just finished doing like all the packaging artwork and shit. So we're in like the process of getting all that shit handled and printed right now. That's awesome. I will, I will potentially purchase one, I suppose. <laughs> I'll get, I'll get you one. I'll send you one for sure. Not, well, I'll take one and I'll buy one. I'll do both. <laughs> That'll be nice. Um, Thank you. yeah, it, you know, that's one of those things, I guess, as you know, time goes on and you see people releasing things. I love, especially in a time period like this, it's, you know, the cool releases or cool, you know, album tees and stuff like that. It's like, what the fuck is 20 bucks? Yeah, I'll do that, yeah. man. Like, you know, it's, it's a nice way to support. And it's just cool to be with your band. It's almost like doing, you know, although I'm an old man, a bald old graying entity, um, I I like being in on the ground floor, like I said. You're only you know, like four years older than me. That's not that old. <laughs> I know. I play it up like I'm dying, but I'm not. I'm I honestly I'm more vital than ever. I'm I took started taking creatine again this week, folks. Oh. I'm gonna get fucking huge. I'm gonna be so big, you're gonna be like, wow, is Tugman on fucking steroids this whole time? Okay. Maybe. Maybe I should. That would be cool too. I'll do that <laughs> become some harm's way shit. That would be pretty tight. Yeah. I don't want to look like that dude, but I don't want to put in the effort. And I toured with them. Those are the homies. Oh, yeah? What yeah did, I, now, so when you're touring, like, like, how did you tour with them? Like, Because um, they were... Um, so I DJ for, like, rappers and stuff, too. I used to be Ghost Mane's DJ, and then uh, fucking... Then I became Lil Tracy's DJ, and Tracy was opening for Ghost, and Harm's Way was also on this, this tour with... Ghost Mane and Lil Tracy. Um, so I was touring with Harm's Way for like, like two weeks and shit. And I actually the That's bassist of Harm, the bassist of Harm's Way is my boy Casey, 
who is also a producer and fucking, uh, when I lived in Wisconsin, he's from, he's from like Milwaukee too. I was like a fan of this dude's beats, like way back in the day, like in 2013 and shit. And then like, I didn't realize it was the same guy who was in harm's way. So it was cool. Like, uh, linking with him and shit on tour and shit, but yeah, shout out, shout out harm's way. That guy does look gnarly as fuck though. Yeah. He's fucking huge and he's scary, man. He looks like he would beat me real bad. Um, <laughs> But it's inspirational because I always, you know, I want to get big and jacked enough where I can just not wear a shirt ever in my life. Right. And everyone will be like, I don't care that he's not wearing a shirt. I'm not going to say shit. Um, right. Yeah, someday. But that's, you know, it's crazy how far that, that rabbit hole goes where you like you end up do meeting this person who you actually really enjoyed their music, what, seven years ago. And, mm-hmm. you know, they were doing something completely different. Completely different yeah. But that band has a lot of really... Um, cool inspirations where i like the industrial side to that band yeah. so it makes sense that they would tour with ghost Maine. yeah that um, that my homie who i was saying who does the beats he's who does all the industrial shit uh for them so yeah shout out casey i completely admit that i slept on ghost Maine. i did not understand it i like i remember having new albums amazing dude it's mind-blowing and i just yeah. remember talking to my Josh. best friend no shit yeah, one of my we came up together in like the little like um realm of people coming up on SoundCloud and shit. Like we lived together for a long time. Like one of my closest friends. I was just talking to him today actually. That's really cool. I mean, such a, a successful, um, interesting person and that's really amazing to hear, man. Honestly, like that he you know, it's it's cool to see just someone that's so unique doing so well. Cause you know, looking from the hater side where I guess now taking in the new album i can digest it more and having the the original stuff that he put out having sunk in a little bit deeper with me i get it but i remember having a conversation with josh travis from Emir, and josh was listening to ghost man and i was like what the fuck are you doing dude he's like no man i'm listening to ghost man and i was like what that shit that's ridiculous. And he was like, no, bro. It's fucking brilliant. You don't even get yeah, it. And I was like, no, I don't fucking get it. It's stupid. And I so, I just missed the mark on that one, man. Yeah. Um, but I, listening back, like I said, listening back to his more hip-hop related stuff now, because you can't, re- I, I guess the latest album, I don't know what I'd classify it as. Yeah, there's a lot of new metal in there and like industrial, like nine inch yeah. nail type shit. Like I don't know, there's a lot of, lot of different. It's really genre blending for sure. Yeah, and well, that it'll be nice to see how his future goes because now it's left in a place where ideally he could do whatever he wants, and it wouldn't. If I heard a hip hop release next, I wouldn't like be that surprised but if he goes more industrial new metal rock whatever yeah that's what he'll that's what he will do he'll keep going that route for sure that's sick it's brilliant like dude is sick and so all all self-produced too like that's all him yeah well all right yeah i'm gonna quit but (laughs) no he you know but you can't uh like people like him are just so eye-catching and unique and um it's one of those things where I think you need a little bit of that shock value that at first you're like, man, I don't even fucking get this. And then of course it ends up, you know, taking the way it has where in comparison to other similar acts, even like something like code orange, um, I see ghost main really be having the opportunity to become, uh, uh, more home 
based name, you know, something that could reach a Marilyn Manson type yeah, thing. Totally. Yeah, totally. I totally agree. Because this generation's never had that experience. They don't have anyone like that. They had fucking Black Veil Brides and shit. No offense, but like, yeah. there's no, there's been no goth lord for fucking 15 years. That's true. That's true. Yeah. It really hasn't. Wow. I can't think of one really fucking Making cool. Points. Making points. Yeah. Wow, I'm so smart. <laughs> I forget how much how well I know scene shit, and then I'm like, wow, I'm so fucking good at this. And then people are like, yeah, of course, that's why you have a show. You know, next thing I need is I need a real radio show where I can get out to randos, but then I start coming with, like, a hard political message or some shit, make a cult, do, like, some Nexium shit, start branding people. There you go. I think that's, yeah, that's what I should do. I'll probably do that. That's what everyone expects from the guy that played in the Christian metalcore band, making right. a cult and branding people. <laughs> Genius. I'm going to do it. Um, so are you guys on a bit of a, are you guys just going to continue to every few months release singles for a time period? Or are you planning on actually putting out any form of release? And if you can't answer yeah, that, I totally yeah, understand. I mean, like, yeah, like I said, like um, the two singles were off the same EP. Then those five songs I sent you, um, we have six songs done for our, our next EP. Uh, it'll all be put out as one thing. There'll be like a you know a lead single a few weeks before. It'll we'll probably drop our next project like <clears throat> probably in the spring and shit because of that secret thing that I told you about when we that weren't thing. recording. Exactly. We'll probably that thing will happen early next year. Cool. Like first quarter. So our shit will happen like second <laughs> quarter. Um so yeah, and we're just we're we're just in the pro we just finished writing and recording everything. All we have to do is go record replace the program drums with real drums and just touch up, you know, anything that we think needs to be touched up and then yeah, it'll be a. It's twenty minutes long. It's fucking good. It's way better than the first one. I love the first one, but I really think we like beefed up our shit a lot. Um, I'm well, also like I learned how to randomly like scream, so I'm doing like lows on the new record. So you're shit. the one that's doing and the stuff that I heard today. Yeah, and the in the stuff so I sent you. you. Yeah, all See, those I lows. That was Travis. No, those are me. Travis barely does vocals on our shit for real. His, his shit will be very like like in the background and shit um he did oh. he did he did some pretty primary vocals on like the breakdown of the last video we put out yeah I, um yeah those those are me for sure <laughs> that's wild i i 100 percent thought that was travis um, <laughs> no that's that's your boy that's i just true. i literally was like trolling as we were recording like i was like you know what would sound good right there like some lows and then i just like did it never doing it before and then lotus was like record that right now <laughs> like you know how to do it no shit yeah now uh man there's one specific song i did want to ask you about i think it will i think it was song four but i'm trying to get more of a distinction of like when lotus sings in the stuff because i feel like he just does like high register singing when he sings versus I would say a majority of the singing is Zubin yeah, versus his, him screaming. Yeah, he does a lot of singing, but on the new record, he's definitely like screaming more. Um, but yeah, hit, Zubin hits like a low, like falsetto y 
um, also high, but Lotus's is usually like high as fuck. Sick. Okay, that makes sense. I think I have it. Okay, I think that clears up like where I was trying to mm-hmm. define who was hitting where. Um, but I guess because music videos also don't even fucking help with that because they always both look like they're doing some shit anyway. But, <laughs> yeah, they, they harmonize all the time together too. It's like it's on some like blink shit a lot of the time. Like they'll have their own parts and then harmonizing all the time. That's smart. Now, now, are they going to do like jokes back and forth on stage as well? Oh yeah, we're we're really into riddles over here, so we're going to tell a lot of riddles. Oh okay, I like mm-hmm. that. Now, when so did your was your intro to Travis simply through playing that venue and shit like that, and how did it come about that you asked him to be in the band? Okay, this is a cool question. Um, fucking yeah, so I met Travis. Just through, I've so I've lived in Los Angeles since 2014, and um, I think me and him started following each other on Twitter like years ago before he even had a had a venue. But he was just like a guy in LA, and we had a lot of mutuals. And I found out he liked the stuff I did for like Peep and stuff. And then, um, and then yeah, so then he had a venue, and um, and then yeah, I would just meet him at the venue at shows or whatever and then uh, we became kind of cool and then like me and him dj'd together we did a back-to-back set at an emo night like one time which was cool and uh he was he started um mixing a lot of zubin's records like his solo project records he was like he was like if you guys ever need an engineer like i'm always down to work like and we were like what the fuck okay oh, like, i didn't know he recorded as well yeah he engineers all our shit um he i record everything but i just send it to him and then he like mixes it all and then we'll do vocals either at my house or his but he's a he's like he he produced like that i set my friends on fire record like back in the day like oh he he's been like producing records for loki a really long time so he fucking he started engineering uh zubin stuff and like some lotus stuff and he did some stuff on my solo album uh, my solo album called Amity that dropped like a year or two ago. And uh, yeah, so I had told him uh, I was starting a project with with Zubin because it was like one drunk night at the very start of quarantine. I was with Zubin and our old bass player and we wanted to make a song, but we didn't want to make a rap song or like a song with a beat. So I was like, let me just start riffing. So I just started like riffing what became the song Bearing a Parent and um I was just playing it and then my boy laid bass down on it and then Zubin did vocals. There was no drums on it yet. It was just guitar and vocals and bass. And I sent it to him and I was like, I was like, just like, check this out. What do you think of this or whatever? And he was like, dude, let me put drums on this. And I was like, okay, like sick. Like I forgot, you know how to like program fucking band drums, like hella good. Like, so he, he was, he actually, we, he wasn't even in the band and he was doing drums for us. Like as we were trying to figure out a real lineup, it was just like an idea at this point. And then um, the original lineup had another guy in the band who was going to do since it was going to be like, there was another guy who was in it that we had to kick out so that Travis could be in. So we didn't have a seven fucking person band like yeah, page 99 sure. or something. So I had to kick out this guy who only knew how to do synths. And I was like, okay, I need another guitarist. And then Travis actually asked us to be in the band. He's like, you know, it'd be really sick. Like 
if I could just be in this shit. <laughs> and I was like, are you kidding me? Like, yes. Like, let me go kick out this guy right now. <laughs> yeah, dude. Now, so, hold on. You just mentioned page 99. So I'm going to Yeah, I love page up. 99. I'm looking at your uh, Amity album yeah. on Spotify. Are you wearing a Seisha hoodie in that? Yeah. Bro. Okay. So I mean, I love, I love all that old scram shit. Dude, okay, so you're, all right. Yeah, that was the same. It was like when I was talking to Justin from uh, Wrist Me Razor, like he's all into that shit too, so it was nice, man. Yeah. Because the first mix I got from someone in my neighborhood was a Seisha and the Locust split that he had put together and burned for me and was like, if you can listen to this and you like this, I'll give you more. And... That was so. That was like literally one of the first things I heard in screamo, and I fucking love that band. Great band. That's amazing. Fucking, I just uh, I bought. I have this old like iPod, like like one of those old iPod classics laying yeah. around. Like uh, fucking. So I I've had it for like a minute, but I never put anything on it because I got it on eBay like a year ago. And then like the other day, I was like, let me put all the shit that's not on Spotify. That's just like out on the internet let me download all this shit real quick and just throw it on here so i have like a scrams pod it's just like combat wounded veteran and like portraits of past and fucking status landscape and yafet kodo and shit like that that's fucking sick dude yeah i mean a lot of that stuff is a hard is hard to get a hold of these days unless you rip it and i mean people are definitely doing more vinyl releases of that kind of stuff but it's there's a site there's a blog spot. There's a site called Sophie's Floorboard that has um, all that shit just archived in zip folders and shit that you can just download. I'm writing that down. Sophie. Sophie's Sophie's Floorboard. Thank you. Just media fire links of all the old scrams and any screamo shit like that's nowhere else. So you don't got to only listen on YouTube. It's fucking sick. Yeah, that's very nice, man. I would love to be able to go rip some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um just because it was so unhinged, I like songs that don't need structure, songs that are just epic builds that just yeah, end out of nowhere, and something that, you know, the interlude really leads into the, you know, next song versus, you know, and I, you know, I love to fight for singles. I mean, I definitely say that my band, when we're writing, we're writing for singles. We're not writing in the idea of, like, we're going to make this super artistic, cohesive thing. It just... Right. happens to end up like you place the songs in a really good order and it sounds good and we like kind it. of kind of same too yeah but it is nice those bands that used to write epics like that right. and have everything you know well placed together which definitely was something that Seisha did well i guess the thing that i revisited this week that was hitting me like that is modern life is war if you ever listen to that band i actually didn't um yeah they have it's i think it's their first record there's this one song in particular I just really like called By the Sea, and it makes me want to go to war and kill people, and I like it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's fun. You need pissed off things sometimes. I guess right now you probably don't want too many pissed off things. There's enough out in the world that can piss you off. Yeah, I'm, I'm good off that. <laughs> yeah, and just occasionally, sometimes. When I'm at the gym and I want to look like some harm's way shit. Um, right. Well, dude, I'm really excited to get some more from you guys. I guess I already have a lot more than everyone else does, which makes me feel extra special. Yeah. Um, 
Are you a Gibson guy? Were you a Gibson guy before this, or were you like, oh, I'm in this band, I have to play an SG? No, I've had a, I've had this SG for like, like three years, but I, I had nothing to use it for aside from like using it sometimes on beats. But I was like, I know I'm gonna, um, I recorded the first EP on that guitar, but the second one I have this Jim Root Telecaster that I recorded the second EP. Oh, on. okay. That's sick. Yeah. The, I was going to ask, do you know what year the Gibson SG that you have is? Because I like that it's one of the pit guardless ones. Um, it's like, I, 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 I'm not exactly sure which year it is. I bought it in 2018. Um, I literally just went into Guitar Center and I was like, this looks sick. <laughs> just buy awesome. this shit. I didn't even look at the specs or anything. I was just like, I just played it and I was like, oh, this feels good. But that 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 guitar is like the one I have is like it's the neck is hella fucking heavy like so it dives a lot yeah it dives a lot like I don't think I could ever play it live like it's it's so heavy and dives those ones are really hard to have well balanced man SGs are a bitch like that um yeah so I want to I want to get a Les Paul like classic or some shit ooh okay that's sick yeah dude just go out there get some people give you some free shit bro. Oh, trust me, I've I've emailed them. Yeah. <laughs> I've been trying. Dude, Gibson endorsement would be crazy. Yeah, that would be awesome. The only people that I really see doing that is like uh, Bring Me the Horizon and Matt Keefe from Trivium. But Bring Me the Horizon really did like the craziest thing from being like a fucking like deathcore metalcore band or whatever to just going full on pop. Like it's wild, man. They did like the smartest thing you could probably do is that type of band. <laughs> Oh, for sure. I mean, I think they're, you know, all the, always new. Like, all right, well, this guy's so hot. Let's see how high we can ride it. Yeah, literally. And, you know, like, because I, I talked about this before, but, like, I was in this local band that ended up, you know, they asked me to fill in for them. I ended up joining the band, but my first show that I filled in for them on was a Barrier Dead Bring Me the Horizon show. Oh, yeah, and so I had been I've displaced from the scene world and doing pop punk shit the couple years before that. So I was like, what the fuck is it bring me the horizon? And then I stood next to Ollie Sykes and watched everyone's reaction. I was like, right. All right. So this is the guy everybody cares about right now yeah. for sure. Seeing, <laughs> Lo and seeing, behold. Seeing them at Warp Tour in like 2008 like blew my mind. That was fucking crazy. Yeah. Band is just massively massive. And they did the they did it well with it wasn't like an overnight change of sound, you know. They did it over like four albums, which is right. pretty fucking sick. Right. But yeah. yeah, everyone out there, just remember you're never gonna be Bring Me the Horizon. Like <laughs> don't try. Like don't try. just be yourself. Write yeah. great music being yourself. But don't write great music and go, Does this sound like Bring Me the Horizon? Right. Because that's not what happens. It's the same thing as all the new metal bands that go, yeah, this song sounds like fucking Linkin Park. It fucking rips. And guess what? You're not Linkin Park. Exactly. Stupid. <laughs> um, but you guys basically are from first to last. But you're like better. There. Uh-huh. You heard that, Sonny Moore? Suck it. I said it. Sunny feature for sure. No, how cool would that be? Gosh, if Sonny actually heard this and heard me say I suck think it, he's I would probably, be heartbroken. I mean, there's, he probably has have to have heard it. Like he's still cool with Travis and Derek. Like, oh, I mean, me, me just ta- telling him to suck it on my podcast, oh, yeah. not him here. I'm sure he's heard your band. <laughs> um, but yeah, Sonny, if you hear this, I just like 
I just like ri- our band. I just rip off Census Veil vale and like Armor for Sleep and Alexis on Fire and dude, that's put it all in stuff, one big though. put it all in one big melting pot, and that's if I die first. Alexis on Fire was the most slept band of that dude, ever time dude. period. Like, I mean, obviously they're massive in Canada, but in the U.S. they really didn't oh, draw like crazy, and no one right. knew what the fuck they had until like. It was just a billion people going, oh, City and Color? Like, yeah, it's great. Did they're, you know he used to be in a band? They're literally so good. Like, it's insane. Oh, phenomenal. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite bands for sure. Yeah, and I like the progression of that band a lot, but I think Watch Out period will always be my favorite. But when I like first saw the video for 44 Caliber Love Letter, I was like, mm-hmm. this is the All sickest I also their album art always like sticks and like pops out. I'm pretty sure like when I was a kid, like just going to FYE and shit, I just saw their album art and was like, I know this is going to be sick just by looking at the CD. Dude, 100%. Yeah, because that, that is how I picked a lot. I remember going and just buying like an Ecstatic Lullaby record yeah. randomly. That's how I got the first armor. For, well, I saw a guy at my uncle's birthday wearing an Armor for Sleep t-shirt, and I thought he looked really cool. That's so, my favorite band, like, ever. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, they're, yeah, like, they're up there for me in the scene world. They're definitely top 10. Um, but it's one of those things I've listened to, interviews with Ben, and it makes me so sad hearing about that last record where he's dude, like... Yeah, the, I, I, yeah the, like, do you do you listen to um, Lee <laughs> Syndrome? Yeah, bro, I listen to that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's how that, that's the one I'm like when you mentioned that. That's what I was thinking about. Yeah, Dude, you fucking, know, I want that first record he wrote, the first one too, version me, that he wanted to give to that label. I want too. whatever that was because I guarantee you it was brilliant. I, I know. I want it. I want it. Dude, fucking that was gonna be the the show I go to in quarantine. Like, like lockdown happened, and then like they announced that like reunion tour or whatever. Like before lockdown, yep. obviously, and then. I was like, fuck, like, everybody in March was like, oh, COVID's going to be over by summer. Like, it'll be over. Like, and I was like, I still get to see Armor for Sleep in June. Nope. Was so fucking sad. That was the one show that got canceled that I bought tickets for. <laughs> Dude, that's really rough. And yeah, I think none of us really thought it was going to last this long. I no, mean, I remember, nobody did. You know, I was like, yeah, I'll leave my Kemper in Texas. I don't care. I'll be back in a couple months. Nope. Right. Um, but yeah, what to do when you are dead is one of the greatest emo records to ever touch planet earth for sure the first one too dream to make believe both of those are flawless back for to sure. back for me i agree for sure definitely i would say that um dream to make believe or what to do has like more hits like mo- yeah, more pop sure. oriented it, hits it's more mature but, like yeah. they were kids before well, that's what I, I, my other band like did some work with this guy, John Aclario, who he recorded like your favorite weapon by brand new. And, um, he did Amazing. the demos for, um, armor for sleep, but you guys are smart. Lotus is eating, um, milk out of a girl's butt. It's awesome. Yeah, he's, he's smart. He's a, he's a role model. <laughs> Honestly, I'm, I was like, that sounds really fun. It looks really Wait, cool. wasn't Lil Xan eating it and he was pouring it? Well, I would hope they shared. Oh no, he needs to relax. It's COVID season. He was tripping for that one. Oh man, yeah. I definitely got on his head about that. I was like, "Dog, what the fuck are you doing, bro?" Well, I, you know, my thought was just, 
Was this lady here? Did they call her? Did they? How did was this arranged? Where it's like, all right, so now we're gonna put this girl right here. Now, girl, you're gonna bend over. We're gonna pour this milk down your butt. People do people do anything around people with a little bit of clout. Like that shit is not surprising to me. It's awesome. I just I've well, I've never had power like that. You gotta understand. (laughs) I'm I'm a (laughs) <laughs> I'm a young white man from the suburbs. I've never had power like that. Um, you know, it's I, I I think it's fucking hilarious. I wanted to eat the cereal, and I it looks like they're having a really good time. They're having a great time. Great yeah, time. and uh, it's good to see that Zan is not lactose intolerant. It looks like he's drinking whole milk there. Um, uh, it's going to get big and strong, so that's cool. I need to stop yeah. eating cheese, but I can't. I eating cheese it. that's yeah i've pretty much been done with milk other than cheese like it fucks me up every time but i still eat it pizza and shit oh well you, you can't not i, I mean or, or you could have vegan cheese yeah but my my girlfriend she's vegan so i've been i've been getting put on to more shit like so you're that. close yeah. yeah you're getting there my only my fiance's got gluten-free so i have to get out all that shit but honestly, yep. it's one of those things again where you know once you're not eating that stuff, it's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah I want to stay that way. Honestly, like real pizza is the only thing I miss about it. Then bagels. Yeah, you bagels can't, for sure. You know, having a good well, you can't get breakfast sandwiches where you are. There's no good bagels out here. No. I'll tell you that right now. There's, there, I know Zubin. Zubin was like Zubin's from Philly. And like New York is like king of bagels. Philly's got good bagels. Fucking a bagel spot open next to Zubin's house out here. And he was like, I need to go try this and just pray to God that it's good because everything else here sucks. <laughs> yeah, you get those Einstein bagels and shit. You don't have real bagels. You don't got like a, you know. I love New York, bagels. man. Like I, I really like I take so much advantage of the bodegas and and everything. When I'm there. Like I, I love them. They're so cheap, like inconvenient. Like, oh, I, dude, I get a breakfast sandwich for three dollars. I get chopped cheese, <laughs> dude. Yeah, like I, I really do love. What area are you in in Brooklyn? So I'm pretty deep. I'm in Diker Heights, where it's really like closer to um, Staten and Coney Island. It is like I'm a good forty five minutes away from Williamsburg. Like, oh, word, word, yeah, quite okay. deep. Um, which is nice because I like to go upstate a lot and see my friends and escape so I can get out of the city really fucking yes, easy. Yes, get out really easy. Really yeah. nice. But we we moved here on a whim where she had, um, we lived in Beacon, which is an hour north of the city. Yeah. And she got a new job and it was just one of those like, all right, we got to jump. And I was like, shit, okay, how much money we got? <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let's figure this out. Um. And it worked out. I love it. It's really nice being here. It was yeah. an adjustment for me because I'm definitely more of like mountain folk, man. Like I'm used to the quiet and like where my parents live is just so quiet and serene. And I'm used to concentrating in that F, that kind of place and, you know, not having a lot of distraction. But now I don't really think I could sleep without people driving by. Yeah, it's kind of nice. You get this, <laughs> Like I when I went back to New Hampshire, I was like, this is so quiet, like. It almost freaked me out. It was like cool and peaceful for a second, but then I like was like, "This is scary." <laughs> yeah, I could do it for like a week or two, and then I'd be like, "All right, vacation's over. I need something to get my adrenaline going a little bit, make me feel I like need I stimulation. have." Stimulation. Yeah, but 
Nat, dude, you gotta get Ben from Armor for Sleep on your song. I would love to. That's literally a dream, like of mine. He's literally my top three influences for sure. Dude, his life worked out good. He married that girl he from married Thirty a Rock. Fucking baddie. He just got wifed up by like, like some badass <laughs> model, like so fire, like yeah. So Nobody hit it harder than him. Model. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's like, he yo, I, sh- I take there, photos right? now. I got the hottest wife out. Yeah, he's probably like, he's probably like loaded. Like, he's good. Dude. Yeah, like coolest shit ever. I'm very jealous of that man. But I've thought about that myself. Where I'm like, man, imagine getting Ben to sing on a song. Yeah, how fucking cool it would be so nice. I love his voice too because it's not like it's not like one of those super crazy unique voices like we were talking about where like it's just like hella his melodies are just very easy to listen to and like yep his voice is soothing and like it's just like easy it's like easy listening and it's just so good like i love it and for guitar writing man i mean it's he never does anything that's crazy no but it is the best fucking writing like yeah it's best riffs like that that's literally who I try to like be inspired to be for if I die first. Like all the chords that he be playing, I'd be playing for sure. I think that just the the chorus of the truth about heaven will yeah. always be one of my favorite guitar parts ever. So good. So good. <sighs> yeah. I'll be in that band someday. Oh, too. actually, the fun fact, if I die first, before Travis was in the band, we were gonna do a cover of uh of uh all warm <laughs> it was like a yeah i like recorded a cover of it and um and then we just never finished it but we were gonna do an armor for sleep cover <laughs> you still have time you could do it still could but i guess you have some slight demand for people liking and wanting more of your band yeah um, we, we, we'll do covers later on yeah, hopefully you get to a place where you just get to go and play some shows and people are like, I never want to see another digital show or hear another cover again. I'm so fucking stoked for shows. Like, I really am like, I wonder what the first show is going to be like, like that we do. Like, I feel like it's going to be insane. <laughs> I'm going to break in pieces. I've thought about <laughs> it and thought about it where I'm like, any... Man, I really love my job. I, I will say it a million times over. I think I have the coolest job on the whole planet. Right. And I really love what right. I do. I fucking bleed metalcore. I love it. It's great. Mm-hmm. I When I get to do it again, man, it'll be unlike anything it'll be, else. Like It'll be like the best day ever. Yeah. I, you know, It's like you had just that lover where you're like, you're the greatest thing that's ever happened to me, and they left you. Yeah, but then they, they come back and they're like, "All right, I'll give you another shot." And you're like, yeah. "Oh my god, I will! Mm. I will never fuck this oh. up. I will I never say, take touring. My thing is, I will never take touring for granted again. Like I used to fucking, I used to love it, but then I'll be like, "Man, I can't wait to be home." Like now, I just like never want to be home. <laughs> yeah, dude, I really I agree with you on that. I had well, you know, I've always loved touring. I really enjoy it. I have a good time. But I think that my just me and my girl as a whole too will appreciate it better. Where like when I'm doing my thing, she'll, I think we're both right, gonna yeah. be better about it. Where it's like, yeah, he's at fucking work and he right. loves his job. And you know, because that it gets convoluted sometimes. Because of course, you know, it sounds like it's all fun and games, and you want to be home with your partner. Because being away from somebody for six weeks is fucking difficult. But then you have eight months without any scrilla, and you're like, bitch, I need. 
I need my space. Right. And then it's great. I can't wait, man. I'm I'm super fucking excited. But she's been really, do, really. We gotta do a show together. Show. That'd be that'd be sick if I die first and prefer King show. Dude, that would be. I'm yeah, one thousand percent. And I wouldn't be surprised that'd if be, we're just like trying to give you a meaty, meaty tour offer. But I think your guys' idea of what in theory your first tour could be would be brilliant. Yeah. But I cool. know that you're gonna get a lot of offers. I hope so, man. I, yeah. I want to be able to like pick and choose. Like, there's so many bands I want to tour with. So, well, I'm curious if it'll be. You know, will I see you guys at on your first tours? As like, I think you're going to avoid the more stereotypical first choices, which would be like a motionless and white or a bare tooth or something like that. Which those offers could very much come your way. Yeah, and those are really big tours. But your first tour, I definitely see more similarly to what you described. But I know that people like myself are going to be putting their hat in the ring for stuff when, you know, not everyone would necessarily pick your band to be on a Fit for a King tour because right. our bands are definitely a bit different. But, yeah, definitely. But, but I feel like a lot of I feel like a lot of fans would like cross over though, for sure. Oh, 100%. 100%. Because also, it's just not ignoring the what's to come. Right. You need to, you know, smart bands, I think, have always been really good. And, you know, you can look back on it where there was always those bands that picked other bands to be on tours with them. And you're like, man, you, you took them out when nobody knew who they were. Right. Like, that's fucking awesome. And now that the digital era is here, it's very much more apparent if you're paying attention to, like, what's going to take... So, yeah, it's going to be interesting, man. But I hope you pick something good. I'll try to give you decent enough money offer where you guys are like, yeah, we'll consider this. Thank you, um, man. Dude, it'll be cool. I just want to bug Travis. Um, have you ever have you ever talked to him before? I haven't. A little bit on Instagram here and there, yeah. um, but Easy, not, not too dude. much. Easiest dude to talk to ever. Like, I'm, I'm, I love that guy. What's the writing share like with you guys now that he's been in the band, or are you still just primarily doing all the writing? Um, I like, I like, um, so I basically start all the songs for sure. Um, I just write them all to metronome on my Ableton. I just write all the guitar, all the bass. If for some reason I can't think of something like a lead part or something, I'll just leave it blank. Um, but it's mainly just me. Like, there's one song, like 2.4, the one of the ones that I, I just sent you, where it's like a really pretty, like, um, clean guitar and piano intro with Zubin singing. Yep. He, yep. Zubin, Zubin wrote that song, like, all the guitar for it, pretty much. And then he just showed me how to play it, and then I just tweaked it. But aside oh. from that song, I mainly write, like, all of it, and then I'll send it over to him, and then he'll fucking, um, he'll program all the drums or whatever then he'll send me back like the instrumental and then um number we'll two is one of those ones i was like that it feels like a single song i mean yeah. they're all technically single songs but you know what i mean where no yeah totally i i think so too i agree um 2.4 yeah um, yeah 2.4 yeah. um with that that one is gonna either that one will be the single it's funny because nobody knows what we're talking about no. <laughs> but that one will probably be the single like that's my vote um but then, so yeah, he'll send the instrumental back over and then we'll just have it in my Ableton as if it's a fucking beat. And then like, 
Zubin and Lotus will be at my house and we'll just record all our, our vocals and then send it to Travis or we'll do the vocals at Travis's studio at the venue. And then, yeah, that's it. I, it pretty much goes from me to Travis back to me, then vocals. That's sick. <clears throat> well, you guys are doing it and doing it right, man. It's, you're, you're putting it really, really fucking well. Um, yeah, I really appreciate it, man. It's just nice after hearing more now, too, getting to kind of see, you know, like yeah, I said, it's, it's a, a bit more eclectic then yeah. um you know a lot there's been a lot of bands you know in the past i'm you know just using broad strokes then when they have a sound they just do that one sound and you get t- 10 songs that sound like that where right. i can say for everyone listening there there's a lot of fucking shit going on in here and it's all gorgeous like really right. really fits together well which is you know shows that you have just this mix of multiple really brilliant songwriters together that happen to be in a band together, like a fucking boy band super group. It's it's genius. Right. Um, I've used that it's word that, maybe I, a little bit too much today, but I, I really feel that way about your project just because there, it's hook after hook with brilliant lines that kids will get tattooed on their bodies. Yeah, and live I and think die of them as... I think of them as I want the lyrics to be tweetable, like, (laughs) but emo kid, like if it'll be a good tweet for an emo kid, then it'll work. (laughs) Oh, and I, it's successfully there. That's for sure. Uh, Um, I just texted you something very sneaky and very secret. Uh, Check it out after we're done. (laughs) Okay. Oh, um, okay. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm just looking at the, yeah. Okay. I'm excited. You've been very nice to me today. I'm, I appreciate it. Um, I have a lot of admiration for the art that you've created in your life, and you're a pretty young guy, so it seems like you're going to get to do a lot more as well, which is pretty fucking cool. Um, yeah, please play some shows with us when the time comes. I, dude, 100%. I can't fucking wait. Well, it's just going to be hope- one of those things where you guys are going to be the coolest kids in school. It's going to get all like <laughs> you guys in static dress and everyone's going to be like, come hang out with us, come play with us. And we're going to be at that one lunch table. We're going to be like pushing up our glasses and be like, well, I asked first. Why doesn't anyone <laughs> want to play with me? <laughs> exactly. Thanks, man. I'm stoked. Dude, of course. Um, It's been an absolute pleasure. I, you know, just anything else that you want to tag for the people today. I know one... Go listen to his solo production work, Nedarb, on Spotify or Apple Music, whatever you prefer. But shit was fucking brilliant and really got me going today and got me dancing in my house, which I like. I need something that makes me feel good. Um, Anything else to plug for the people besides Uh, if I die first? Well, when is this going to come out? This will be out in two weeks. Not this Monday, but the following Monday. Well, our merch will be already... The pre-order will be done. So I guess all I have to plug is... So it'll be is, sold out. <laughs> it'll, be sold, it'll be sold out. Um, all I have to plug is fucking look out for our, our vinyl pressing that we're going to be dropping for My Poison Arms. Keep running it up on all the streaming platforms. Our new video just got... Our new video for Is It Me or Your Secrets That Keep You Up At Night. Check it out. Um, feel free to check out all of our fucking solo endeavors. Lotus and Zubin. You know, shout out to Sea Space Cowboy, Static Dress, Just Me Razor, Jesus Peace. Yes. Uh, shout out to my wonderful girlfriend, Kayla, who is, she was in this really cool band called Bleed the Pigs, this grindcore band. They're sick. Check them out. Oh, I'll um, check that. That's out. it. That's it. 
Sick. You know, Connie is someone I hope to have on the show as well, and I've had a, a little, you know, correspondence with here and there. Um, but yes, Jesus Peace and Wrist Meat Razor yeah. for the listeners out there. Hopefully you've heard that episode. If not, yep. go back and yep. listen to those. Aaron, Aaron's, Aaron's the bro, and before he fucking um, had, his, had his baby, um, I would be giving him, like, all the, like, new dad advice. Like, I met him, because I toured with him, too, on that same Ghost Main tour. So I met him, and, like, I think everybody in his band is straight edge, I think, except for him. So, like, he was like, where's the party at? So, like, me me and Zubin took him out and shit, and then, like, told me, and I was like, dude, listen, this is how it's going to be. This is what you got to do, blah, blah, blah. Dude, that's fucking awesome. He's really the nicest guy out. He's the coolest dude. I love Aaron. He fucking let me stay at his house when he wasn't home once just so, like, I didn't have to wait at an airport for like twelve hours for my flight when he wasn't home. Like, no shit. He's the man. Shout yeah. out to true sweetheart. Well, to the end the episode. Shout out Aaron Hurd. We love you. You're great. Um, thank you so much for joining me today, everyone. Go listen to the goods, like we said. If I die first, the band that I would put money on to be your favorite band in the next year or two, it's gonna be fucking huge. And don't tell me that I'm wrong because I know I'm not because I'm super smart. Um, Ned, thank you very much. Hang on one second so I can properly say goodbye yep. to you off the air. But thank you for being on the show, and I hope you had a good time getting tucked. Dude, I loved it. Tuck me again sometime. You got it, baby. All right, everybody. That was the show. Thank you to Sync with me for sending in their track Cold. It was a banger. Appreciate you. Apollo, keep them high and tight this holiday season. Brayden, thank you very much for letting me rant about your band and uh, ask you a bunch of stupid questions. I get asked all the time if I just talk about Screamo as a joke or if I actually love it, but the truth is, it is my favorite. I love it. It's so cool to see bands playing and writing songs like this again. I've been saying for three years that Screamo is going to make a massive comeback. Once you go super emo, it's only natural to go Screamo. If you want to get some attention in the music scene, go listen to Finch, What It Is To Burn. It's a perfect record. Copy it, make your own version, and your band will blow up. Okay, love you all. See you next week. And as always, get
Hey, you. Did you have any plans this year? Ha! How's that going? Did you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself, Benny Goodman, and my good friends, Corey Pazin and Siobhan Cronin from the band Lost Symphony, also got 2020. And since the world ended this year, we decided why not just check in with some of our friends in the music industry and see how everyone's doing. We're going to get a candid look at life on and off the stage, as well as the mindset of some of the most successful people in the entertainment industry. New episodes drop every Sunday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can listen at 2Z. 020-D.com, soundtalentmedia.com, or on your favorite podcast app.